Are you ready to manage your work and personal world better to live a fulfilling, productive life? Then you've come to the right place. Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. Here are your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud, with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks. Welcome back, everybody, to Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things personal productivity. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. And I'm Augusto Pinot. I'm Francis Wade. And I'm Mark Gelwicks. Welcome, gentlemen, and welcome to our listeners to this episode of Productivity Cast. Today, we are going to be talking about time blocking, sometimes called time chunking. And Francis brought up this topic, so I'm going to hand this over to Francis to kind of open us up in terms of kind of explaining to us what time blocking is. And what we're going to do today is have a little bit of a conversation around the idea of an effective reminder system. How do you set up reminder systems and why is it important as a time blocker or time chunker to go ahead and have reminders remind you at the both appropriate time and a level, so to speak, and maybe Francis can speak to that a little bit uh, so that you can really do what you need to do when you need to do it, where you need to do it. So Francis, for those of you who or maybe have no idea what time blocking is. Can you explain for listeners what time blocking is? Sure. It's a technique in which you put a task, a flexible task in your calendar. Uh, so in other words, you're moving it either from your memory or from a to-do list and you're putting it on your calendar. In other words, you're assigning a time and a day and a duration to a task that you could do at different times. So you're pinning it, in other words, to a specific uh, spot in your calendar. And in, in general, it's, it's not a technique that everyone needs to use. It's a, a bit of a requirement if you are managing lots of tasks. If you only have one task to do per day and you can do it at any time, then you don't need time blocking. But if you have lots of tasks and very little discretionary time, then pinning tasks to your calendar becomes a, a requirement just because it's too hard to have to figure out what to do all throughout the day, go through all of your lists and figure out exactly what you need to do. It's easier to do it once in the morning or once at the beginning of the week uh, and then just execute it as you go along. So that's the, the general idea. You wanna discuss that some more or should we go on to the reminders? I'm, I'm really curious about this because I think a lot of people who hear what you're talking about, which is scheduling your tasks in a calendar, ultimately becomes more difficult as you place things in the calendar and you realize that you don't necessarily know how much time something might take or that things might be overlapping each other in terms of the number of things you want to do in the same, say, hour. Some calendars don't allow you to put things in smaller increments than, say, 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And so you have lots of things overlapping and that might feel cluttered. Is there a software solution that you utilize in order to be able to overcome that? Do you just get used to seeing overlapping basically calendar events in your calendar. What do you what do you think about all those kind of challenges that people have with regard to, to putting things in a calendar view? Uh, well, you, you could imagine that someone who uses paper it has a really difficult time because they it, when things change and they have to move things around, they're left with using an eraser or crossing things off. It gets really difficult. Someone like that would probably upgrade to a tool like Google Calendar, which basically allows you to put anything anywhere, anytime, overlapping as often as you want. It's not doing anything smart. It's just replicating what you had on paper in a digital version so things can be moved around at will. At the next level, there are auto-schedulers which make some smart decisions. They don't allow overlaps. They try to optimize your calendar and they, they try to make sure that at least you're looking at the feasible representation of your calendar and not just things thrown in there willy-nilly. So that's the that's the the most complicated level, of, the most sophisticated level I'm aware of. So if somebody is going from task list and calendar to then having too many, as you call them, time demands that require you to kind of level up, then there is software bespoke to the solution of taking all of those things and placing them in your calendar. That's kind of what I was leading the witness, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> so I, I see. <laughs> I wanted to make sure listeners know that there is software out there that is built ready built for this kind of situation that they're not just basically placing things into google calendar in this hodgepodge way and so thank you for that i'll position this for everybody and francis you can maybe start us off why do people need effective reminders if they're time blocking if they have everything in their in their calendar uh, or in their calendaring task 
based software, why do they need to be able to be reminded about what they need to do? Well, the, the analogy I like to draw is that of the TV show, The West Wing, popular in the 2000s. Okay, you're going to need to explain to me The West Wing and reminders now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so The West Wing was a, a TV show about the President of the United States, Jeb, Jeb Bartlett, I think his name was, fictional, of course. And he had a secretary and her name was Mrs. Landringham or Landingham, one of the two. Anyway, she was the perfect secretary, you know, in the show, in that he had a full schedule, as you may imagine, the president does or a CEO does or anyone who has lots and lots of commitments to execute each day. And her job, one of her jobs was to manage his calendar. But also, in addition to doing all of his time blocking, she would come and give him that proverbial tap on the shoulder when it was time to switch to another task or to consider switching to another task. And as you could imagine, she had different ways of doing this. You know, she could, you know, just kind of open the door and wave at him to remind, you know, soft reminder that time to wrap up or she'd come and tell them, oh, by the way, you're, there's a phone call coming in for you and she would interrupt the meeting and that would be a switch. Or she would walk into the meeting and say, Mr. President, your plane is leaving in two minutes. Well, he's a president, so he determines when the plane leaves. But let's say he didn't. Mr. President, you have to leave now in order to make your meeting with this dignitary via plane. And here's your bag and here's your ticket. And Secret Service will escort you out the door. So she would be very firm at sometimes. So sometimes she'd be very soft and sometimes she'd be very strong. Different kinds of reminders. But what it allowed the president to do is essentially relax. You know, David Allen says your mind is, is for coming up with tasks, not for remembering them. This is a bit similar. Your mind is for executing, not for trying to remember what you need to execute next at the minute you need to execute it. Because there's a bunch of research that says that that effort it takes to remember to do something at just the right time takes a whole lot of cognitive resources. And if you can outsource that to Mrs. Landringham, you're in great shape because that person will basically just say, okay, now tie your shoelace. I'm exaggerating, but okay, now it's time for your meeting with this chief of staff. Okay, now it's time to get on the plane. They act as the person who directs you throughout the day. That's, a, in my mind, the perfect reminder. And that's the example I keep in my head. Unfortunately, most of us can't afford a Mrs. Landringham. We have to make do. And the way most of us make do is by, you know, committing that sin of trying to commit it to memory. And that works. And sometimes it doesn't work. And usually, you know, we if you have one task per day, you're fine. If all you need to do is to remember to eat lunch at 12, you're probably good. You probably don't need a software solution or a Mrs. Landringham. But if you have a day that's completely time blocked, and let's say there are 8 to 10 15 tasks you need to accomplish during the day, then the, the importance or the onus is on you to find a way to not use your memory to remind yourself to switch to the next task. Because if you go over or if you forget or if you, cons if you commit any of the sins of time blocking, then it's going to throw your day off and you're not going to accomplish what you want at the end of the day. So the question is, which software? And that's where, from my point of view, there's a huge gap. Well, I'm going to continue the, the West Wing metaphor because it is one of my favorite sh shows ever. Um, but I'm going to use a different character from the show. Mrs. Landingham was great. Mrs. Landingham was also always in the outer office. So being able to inform the president as to what was going on was always in proximity to a particular place. What I think is probably the better example is the character of Donna in the show. And Donna was Josh Lyman's assistant. Josh Lyman was all over the place. He was everywhere. He was running from building to building capital, you know, running to Congress and all. And Donna was almost always with him somewhere. She's chasing him down. She's running around. She's calling him. It, it's a frenetic level of activity that I think a lot of people would be very familiar with. And the Donna character is very similar to a lot of our systems where 
we can't count on being in a fixed location, especially nowadays for extended periods of time. So we have to have systems that when we're in the office, we get a notification. When we're out in the car, we get a notification. When we're in a restaurant, we get a notification. But it has to have that consistency of information. So physical proximity to where we're capturing these needs can't be a factor anymore, at least not for most people. For some, it can. Some people are at a desk all day long. They can have stuff pop up there. They can react to it. That's great. But just take that exact situation. You get up from your desk and you go to a meeting in a meeting room. Well, if you're going to get a notification while you're in there for the next meeting you need to go to, having it pop up on your desktop does you no good. None whatsoever. It has to follow you along with proximity. It's one of the reasons why mobile calendars and mobile devices are so popular because it's the Donna in your pocket. So what I get a little challenged with on this is we start to look at, you know, putting in our notifications into a tool and this without taking the step back and saying, is this going to be accessible to me when I need it to be and where I need it to be? The tool may be great, but if the tool doesn't go along with you, you're just wasting time in my book. So in, in complete agreement with you, that bring to a point I have brought into the show times before in which I said that their main productivity device, it is your phone. In some cases, maybe your smartwatch if it is connected to data. If you your smartwatch need to tether to your phone, then that's not your main productivity device. Your main productivity device is that phone that you carry in your pocket 24-7 almost, you know, that it goes to your night sign, that it's really reminded. And now what you need to do is figure it out how inside of that tool can you set both? Can you set you know, using you guys' analogy, I'm not familiar with the show, but using Donna and and Dolores, so that way you can get really the level of direction or pings or not in the shoulder so you can go to the appropriate right attention. And one of the things I see that a lot of people try to do is to find a tool that can do everything instead of a set of tools, you know. When you look at calendars, there is something magical that happens when you start putting colors to that calendar and giving significance to those colors. So that way you can look at that thing at glance and know what kind of event is what is coming. Okay, but that means you are now maintaining two or three calendars so you can have the different colors. Same thing with the kind of alerts that you need. Some of those alerts need to be on a way. Some of those alerts need to be on a different way. So you need to be able to have inside of that mobile phone, doesn't matter if it's an iPhone, doesn't matter if it's an Android, different kind of alerts. So that way you get the pings that need to be on a certain way and the pings that you need to, or the alerts that you need to get from the other person. I say this slightly differently because I don't call things reminders. They are just triggers across my entire system. And so triggers are a mechanism for identifying when something needs to be done. And that is irrelevant to the thing that needs to be done in my world. So we can kind of swap out the word notification for trigger in my world, and that would be useful. Uh, trigger could be a piece of paper, you know, like a post-it note stuck to the front door saying, don't forget your keys to a prompt in a calendar application that says you need to leave right now to get to your appointment on time. And I am a little less dependent on my mobile device, I think, than others for those kinds of reminders, although they do extend to my mobile phone because of the way in which I've patchworked together my system. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So I think that for me, it's important for you to really think through how you have structured your work life and where you do most of your work and to concentrate on making sure that your notification system, your triggers basically do so in the context that most allows you to be productive so that if you do need it to extend by proximity, as Art talked about, you know, and for it to go mobile, then that's fine. But if you do not need that, then it's also kind of a waste of time to 
really try to focus on things that are going to do that. So some people have their work and, and personal lives segmented very heavily. And that means your trigger systems are going to need to be bifurcated between those two. And that can be sometimes very difficult. I know that a lot of the folks who work for the federal government, you know, they can't take their work away from the office, for example. And if they do, it's on uh, specific devices, dedicated devices. If you have that kind of world where you live in an enterprise world where those things are separated, that can be somewhat difficult when you are trying to set up an effective notification system. So you have to make sure your triggers are both contextually appropriate, but also you knowing your own work and personal world to make sure those kinds of things line up. So let's move on then to the idea of what is available for people today in terms of notifications, what do people have available to them right now in terms of the notification world? What software do they have? What apps are on their phones? What uh, features are inside of the current applications that help them basically know, trigger them to do that thing that they need to do right now? I've messed around with different ones and that the, as a Windows user, the reminder in Google Calendar is the first one that I, I tried. And it doesn't, as far, far as I remember, up to when the last time I tested tested it, it didn't work when my browser wasn't running. So this is a, it, it, it's an instant problem. I found software, an, an app um, that does go off even though my browser isn't working. It kind of works on the desktop. It's not synchronized to my phone. So on my phone, I use something else called Calendar Alarm. I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> I'm still trying to understand what the heck are they? Because the, the, the instructions are so arcane and the options are... There are certain things that, as you said, I want it to do. So I want a consistent set of reminders on my devices. I, it would be great if, I, if when I was on my phone and near to the laptop, the phone wouldn't have to remind me. If it knew that it was nearby, that'd be great. But hey, what? I don't even need that. I just need a consistent set of reminders, regardless of what programs are open. As Art said, regardless of where I am, to alarm me and, and alert me and trigger me in a way that I want. Setting this up is not only tricky the first time, but it's a moving target because I've discovered that they update Android, which means that calendar alarm doesn't work the way it did a month ago. So now I got to go in and figure out what change they made to that then interacts with what they did. And the lock screen doesn't quite, and then know this and that. The, so the, the overall problem, I think, is that there doesn't seem to be someone committed to solving this problem by itself. They're, they're, it's a bit of an add-on problem to other problems, but it would require a concerted effort to solve it across all platforms, all OSs, and to give you just one place to go and create all your reminders and, and set all the options, understand what they mean and not have to fuss with what I keep fussing with. I'll start with a potential solution for what you're dealing with, Francis. One, I don't understand why you would ever close your browser. <laughs> I, I, I was like, wait, why would I ever close my browser? I always have my browser open. So, uh, But I, I, I understand that some people do that. If you use the calendar application uh, utilized by Microsoft on your Windows system, you don't ever have to open it after you set up the calendar. You can basically implement your Google Calendar account inside of that Microsoft Calendar. It'll synchronize your calendar, and then it will, without it being open, present you with reminders for those calendar events. So Windows, the Windows Calendar? Correct. You just close it after you're done. We used it before. Well, it exists. <laughs> I didn't even know. This is news. <laughs> so there's a Windows Calendar application, and... Uh, as, as far as I have experienced, the Windows Calendar application will present those notifications. It kind of runs in the background, so you don't need to have it open or running or anything like that for it to do it. And, and that, will, that will overcome the issue be, because then you have your calendar notifications triggering you for those things on mobile and desktop in the same database. So you're not having to extend it outside of that to another application. But it works on mobile as well, on Android? Your calendar application? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, beautifully. The Windows. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about Google Calendar. You're, you're trying to synchronize those components. Google Calendar is the thing that's synchronizing the notifications. So you're just basically putting your Google Calendar account into Microsoft Calendar or Windows Calendar, I think it's called. Windows and Calendar. And then putting your, your 
Google Calendar app to provide the notifications on mobile, and that gives you it across the board. So, Gotcha. We'll try for sure. Yeah. So obviously, my main machine is an iPad, so everything needs to get there. Doesn't matter if it's my company work who live on Google or it's a client work who live, may live on Microsoft 365. So everything at the end of the day converge into that device. And because of that, it gets replicated on the iPhone and gets replicated in the Apple Watch. So additionally, the other thing that I, that I use is the alarms function on the watch. So there is, I, I have shared here on the show that for years I have back pain and I found somebody who gave me the tools so I could get rid of my back pain. But part of that is I need to stretch my back consistently during the day. So there is an alarm on my watch every 30 minutes, okay, that I go and try to do one minute to stretch. And can I do it every minute, every 30 minutes? No, but having set up that way allows me to get many more of those stretches than than not. So things like that are in set up in my watch. Things like the time to wake up the kids, even that this block this time, the time is blocked into my calendar. The alarm of that, it's more, is set up in my watch. Why? Because there's time constraints in that. They need to wake up quick. They need to get dressed. They need to have breakfast, not in the summer, but during a school time. So that time need to happen. So I want to make sure that I get something more than the alert on the watch that Oh, there, this needs to happen. No, no, this needs to start happening right now. So that is a distinction that I made with what Francis was referring early. If it's just the notch, the calendar will do and will give the notifications on the phone or the watch. When something needs to start precisely at that time, I tend to set a second alarm that is just now an alarm that will give in the watch I don't have noises, they vibrate, but the vibration is different and much longer. So it will allow me to break the concentration or the pattern of what I'm doing so I can go and pay attention to that. Something that you're bringing up, Augusto, I think is important for folks to think about as well, which is that sometimes an event in a calendar is not the right type of of notification that you need some other additional trigger to either leave to get to somewhere, start to make a transition from the work you were doing to the thing that you need to go do next or go to next. The idea that you might want information presented to you at a particular time that is not necessarily associated with anything that you're doing. For example, some people might want a motivational quotation to present to them at some particular time And that notification is not related to anything that they might be doing right now, but it's going to help them be excited about the next thing they need to do or remind them why they're doing the current thing that they're doing. So remember that notifications can be very flexible and adaptive to the environment you're in. Yeah, to add to what Augusto said, I've noticed that when I have appointments on weekends that I'm likely to forget them or not have the appropriate reminder in place. And the problem is that my reminders are mostly situated on my desktop and my phone. And on a weekend, it's possible for me to be, as Art has been saying, not close to either one. So if I'm, if I'm in the garden, for example, doing something, I wouldn't necessarily have my phone with me. It's a Saturday. I haven't seen the desktop all day. So I'm not really, I'm kind of just doing what I'm doing and enjoying it. And I may have a 10 o'clock call that I scheduled. So what I've done is done what Augusto said. I, I set a, uh, the, the hardest of alarms that I know how to set, which is a, a wake-up alarm. You know, like you wake up in the morning and it just keeps going and going and going and nothing stops it until you actually go and turn it off. It's not a 10-second reminder. It's an infinite reminder. So even if I don't hear it, Dale, my wife will hear it. And she'll say, your phone is going off. And I say, oh, yeah. I jump on the call and, hi, Ray. <laughs> because I need the extra alarm because the original alarm isn't strong enough. Now, if I had a watch like Augusto said, so I, I would I would use that functionality if, if it were tied into, my, um, tied into my calendar. I definitely would. And if it had the different levels of alarms like he's using it, I would key 
key the alarms, just like what we're seeing. There's soft alarms, there's strong alarms, and then there's, you got to do it now or else the world is going to break alarms. Different levels of alarms, I would definitely use them. With just about every application that's out there that deals with this kind of thing, to-do lists, that sort, calendars, they've got some sort of embedded notification. Unfortunately, I've also found just that browser or internet-based notifications are the most unreliable of notifications. And it's not a failing of the system. It's a failing of the fact that you have so many points of connection before the notification gets to you. So if it's an online calendar and you're trusting the browser is going to send you a notification, well, that means that you have to trust your device to receive that notification and pass it through to you. There's a lot of steps that can fall, you know, fall by the wayside. Uh, that being said, I think it's really important that you choose tools that work with local copies of applications. So uh, calendar, for example, Google calendars are great calendar solutions, extremely popular. I use Outlook on my phone as my mail and calendar client. Why? Because the calendar is pulled into the application and replicated. And that way I know, even if I have no connectivity, there is all those notifications are available within that local app. So I have the device handy. So using those types of things, using solutions that have local copies for your notifications that don't require connectivity for it are the ones that I've found most useful. There's lots of them out there and there's other ways you can construct these. If you're okay with the internet based solutions, looking at automation tools like IFTTT or Zapier or, um, you know, Microsoft flow, or I'm sorry, power automate. Now, um, all of those give you that kind of notification capability. Notifications though, also have a problem of inconsistency with creation. So we think about things like every morning I need to be reminded to do the following, you know, 6.30 AM, get the kids up. Okay. That's a consistent one. That's something that calendars are really good at. It's when you start to look at notifications that have to happen like every other Tuesday, sometime between 9 and 11 a.m., I need to be notified. That drives systems nuts because it's not a consistent range. So when you're looking at your tools, like I like Todoist for my to-do things, specifically because it accepts natural language as part of that request. So when I type in an item, I'll say next Tuesday at 9.30 a.m., as part of the task name. And I know it's going to generate a notification in the system. Whether I receive that notification, that's a whole different conversation. But at least I know the notifications being generated in the system and I can leverage it. So there aren't really any specific ones that I would call out as being better than others, but it's usually, be, it's not the fault of the application. It's the fault of the multiple steps that it takes to get to wherever I am at any given time. I think we've all mentioned many of the different applications that are out there, but I'll, I'll just reiterate these for folks so that you have them in a concentrated space. One is, of course, all of the major platforms, Microsoft, Apple, Android, or Google, they've all given you some form of calendaring tool. And those calendaring tools, as well as task management tools, all of them now have a task manager of some kind. Uh, Apple has reminders, Microsoft has to do, and the Google platform has Google tasks. And there's actually a reminders uh, feature built into Google Calendar, which is akin to tasks and kind of blends in with it. Uh, I would also note that Google Keep is uh, is frequently uh, forgotten here. Google Keep provides not only time-based reminders, but also location-based reminders, so that if you do have a thing happening in a particular place, it will trigger you based on proximity to that location, and uh, and that's really helpful. So you can say, when I show up at this particular location or near this particular location, present this information to me. Now that can be tricky because obviously, you know, your location services need to be turned on and accessible by Google Keep at that moment and all of those kinds of things. But Google Keep has been incredibly useful to me because it will remind me when I go to perhaps client locations where I just need to know a checklist of things to remember, like how to get into the building because I haven't been there in a while or things of that nature. When I use Google Keep, it will say, you know, when I go to this address, uh, present me with this information. 
And that's incredibly useful so that I'm prepared for whatever it is that I might be facing when I know what I'm going to be facing, right? Obviously, if I didn't know, I wouldn't be able to help myself uh, know how to deal with it. But many times I'm going to client locations or client sites where the search circumstance is just very different than other places, or I might need to know the door code in order to get in. And you know, this is silly things like that. Uh, and it's incredibly helpful to have Google Keep remind me of those things. Many other task management apps, I believe OmniFocus has that on mobile, uh, the ability to provide proximity-based reminders uh, and, and that kind of thing. So other applications do have those features built into them, but noting that uh, you know, outside of uh, time and location, we have other ways of being reminded as well. Uh, there are vibration-based reminders, there are visual reminders, there are audio reminders, and so those are the primary uh, vehicles for being able to be reminded of things. So don't think of things as just as audio. As uh, Augusto noted, he uses primarily vibration. Some of us might use visual reminders that are prompts on the screen or otherwise to be able to be reminded of these things. So lots of tools on the market that I am aware of, uh, including baked into your operating systems, all of them have some kind of assistant based, uh, you know, services that will also provide some level of reminders. Uh, to Francis's point about uh, Google Calendar, you know, in the browser closing, and it no longer providing you with a reminder system, uh, Microsoft has an, a complete, you know, service system built into the operating system for notifications. So you can actually go in and schedule what are called scheduled tasks, you can actually provide uh, the operating system with instructions to say, you know what, on Tuesday morning at 8am, uh, prompt me with a reminder, and you can actually schedule those things. It's very easy to do. On Apple, you can do the same thing. Uh, you know, you can do other kinds of reminders, utilizing the operating system itself in the assistance as well. So we, we talked about this Apple Siri, the Google Assistant, uh, you know, those are now kind of the primary providers of assistance on phones. Uh, but we also do have Amazon's uh, Madame A, and those all actually have their own their own abilities for you to be able to, by voice, uh, trigger a reminder of any kind. And that can also be included in text for some assistance, like you can go into the app and type a reminder into Amazon's tool into Google's tool. Uh, so just know you have those as well. I think you make a good point with the geolocation. In the case of, as you said, OmniFocus, give it to you. Apple, out of the box, in reminders, give you the geolocations. Todoist gives you geolocations too, at least on the iPhone. I'm, I'm assuming also in the Android, but I don't have an Android phone to, to, to go say one way or the other. But, but you made a great point that we tend to focus into the device on hand when we have all these things around. It is really easy to say, hey, Madam S, remind me of this in 20 minutes or remind me that I need to leave at 1.30 or that I need to start transitioning at 1.30 and they will do it. And I, again, I like to do it in, my, in the watch because the watch is in my wrist. Can I do it with Madam A here in my office? Yes, and that will ring all over my house as far as I'm in the house. But you need to also understand what is the device that is going to be convenient. You know, I can do geolocations on the iPad, but if that iPad is not with me, it's going to be completely useless. So that's where having the component of the phone, it's really what makes the geolocation a winning combination. For years, I've been a, a proponent of geolocation. Why? Because not only will remember, it's I can put that even farther to the trying to remember things, okay? Because I know that when I drive close to that place, everything is going to be reminded to me. So even if you ask me, hey, give me a call tomorrow when you drop the kids to the school, assuming it's not summer, I will add that reminder to leaving the school. So I don't even need to to remember the time or anything. As soon as I drop out of the school, the phone will tell me, hey, you told you were going to call Francis. So it's a matter really, not a lack of ways to get reminded. What is important is to spend, in my opinion, is to spend time understanding what are the reminders that you have available to you currently? And then what are you really using out of those reminders? Because even if you look calendar, calendar can give you an alert at the time, an alert sooner than the time, even two days before the event. So you can program all that. 
what I found the most common problem is not the lack of ways to be reminded. It's that people have not stopped for a moment and think, what are the ways that the reminders work best for me? And then establish, you don't need to invent the reminders every time. Figure it out, what are the three to five ways that you need those reminders and then be consistent. That for me is what make this really, really powerful. I want to raise an issue that's starting to concerning me, concern a little bit here, and that's too many notifications. We talk about setting up all of these different things and having, you know, my Microsoft calendar on my desktop connected to my Google calendar and my Samsung calendar on my phone connected to my Google calendar and my watches. Now I get a notification. Well, I don't get a notification. I get four notifications every place. They're pinging me like, it's it's a fire alarm this starts to become a problem very quickly and now i start to go okay which one do i need to react to now i got to go through and cancel out five different notifications it's feast or famine with this kind of thing and this is where i think a lot of people really get frustrated with it android has tried to manage it a couple of different ways on their platform itself microsoft's never really bothered to try and tackle it um, it's one of those challenges that I think makes automatic notifications are just, it almost becomes like spam after a while. Yeah. So notification fatigue is certainly an issue that comes into play when we get overload, overloaded, or overnotified by things. And I think that's something that we all have to be conscientious about. The good part is that many systems are getting smarter about presenting reminders where they need to be. So for example, you know, it will, it, sometimes the setting will say something like, you know, notify, notify me only on this device when these two devices are paired. So at least in the Google space, uh, we have device pairing. And so when devices are paired, it then knows that it is together and therefore will not do those things. So for example, I don't have my watch ever show me any audible or, or vibration reminder if my phone is is present because I don't need it to. If I am away from my my watch and it and it untethers, then that's the thing I have on me. You know, it's attached to me. So that is the thing that will then start to provide those reminders. So there are some ways in which we can kind of get around that. But I think the but but Art's point is very well taken in the sense that we have to be very mindful that we all of a sudden don't get everything beeping and buzzing and buzzing, you know and 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 vibrating around us uh, because that will ultimately create adaptation and we will just basically start to tolerate the notifications and be less motivated to do what the notifications are telling us to do. Uh, I know that I provide myself with uh, quite a number of of notifications throughout the day and most of them go away over time because of automaticity, right? I, they become just a part of my world that I no longer need the notification to know that it's time for me to go do whatever I need to do. So remember that also that notifications can be helpful for basically helping you with a routine. Once the routine is in place, then that trigger is no longer necessary because you know the natural point in which you need to go do those things. So as much as you can, get rid of the superfluous notifications, use notifications for the essential triggers you need to be able to do those things you need to do. And then over time, build a lot of those things into routine. So the notifications or reminders that are left are the ones that are really going to be most effective for you. The ones that are going to tell you, no, if you don't do this, something bad is going to happen. And, uh, or if you, if you do this, something really good is going to happen, kind of a joy-based perspective there. So making sure that whatever you're doing, you're, you're highly motivated to respond to that notification. And it's not just for nothing. And if you're not in a need to be in a highly responsive state, I suggest turning off your email notifications. Uh, just like that's the first thing you should do is just turn off those email notifications on your desktop and in your systems. Uh, because the constant binging and dinging of email, I think, creates a lot of that notification overload. And ultimately, it's decision fatigue, right? Should I should I respond to this? Or should I not? And it just depletes your glucose levels. And ultimately, you start to have decision fatigue more and more often throughout the day. And that's just not good for for you overall. I'll admit a couple of things. I have no email notifications turned on on any of my devices. None. There's no reason if it's an email, there is no urgency attached to it. And that's my rule. And I don't send urgent emails. I don't accept urgent emails because 
it's a freaking email. Who knows when it's going to get there? But the second thing that I've gotten into, we were talking earlier about the applications and the tools to look at. This may be an excellent way for you to kind of filter out the solutions. The solutions that give you granular control over your notifications are ones to seriously consider. Ones that have this blanket, okay, I'm going to notify you when something happens in this app. That's not helpful. But when you're able to go in and say, in this instance, I get this notification. In this instance, I get this notification. And I'll use an example, Google Messages, which I use on my phone for incoming text messages. I have the ability in there to change the notifications based on the conversation. So I have some standing group conversations that have one notification. I have family members who have a different tone that's tied to their notifications. Because when I'm, when my little pocket Mrs. Landingham comes up and either waves at me or knocks on the door or throws something at me, I need that contextual relevance around that trigger, not me going in to dig into it every time. That trigger actually provides me information. And I think we have the same thing when we look at various other solutions. If it's the same tone all the time, you get a ping that you've got a notification. Well, if it's Facebook and your calendar that have that same trigger reaction, your brain doesn't know what to do with it. It might be something important. So I'm going to go look. And what is it? It's flotsam. I mean, it's, it's not worth looking at. So we have to be able to control that within the solutions that we pick out which means that we should pick out solutions that give us the option to control that. And if I was a developer putting in notification systems, that would be a high priority piece in my mind to be able to say, okay, depending on what's coming through, we need to have notifications go through different ways or give the user the option to define that. Yeah. In the case of many notifications, that would be awesome. I agree. Like you, I don't have any email notification and having that definition of what deserve a notification and where are the six place on a checklist that the six kind of notifications that I do and what are the criteria to, to get there has really make a difference in the amount of notifications that I have. So by default, notifications for me go off and I just want to have, it's like, it's like the ringing on my phone. My phone, the default, ringtone is no noise okay it's just certain people who have earned that right to make noise on my phone and other than that the default is no noise because if i am in a meeting because if i am working i don't want that to distract me sorry it's you can go to voicemail and i will get to that and get to back to you pretty quick but i don't want you to be another notification another distraction so I mentioned before using calendar alarm on my phone. I use something called, um, oh, I just forgot the name of it. It's a calendar program on um, Firefox and Chrome. It's better than Google Calendar. Can't remember why, but I, I replaced Google Calendar's notifications with that program because it gave me, as, as Art said, more fine control. Is this Checker Plus? Checker Plus, yes. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try the the suggestion that you made for the desktop. But again, you know what I really wish for is one one interface that would allow me to set my notifications across all devices, all OSs, if I, all apps. If I could find one place to sort of craft, it's, it would be a real it would be a real attention manager for me. And I think most people would benefit from having one place because you're. Beyond the apps, the apps all come with their assumptions about what you really want and need, but it's a, cacoph a cacophony of, as Art said, of different kinds of hodgepodge decisions that developers have made. What I want to come into my attention is something that I would like to manage through one, one app, not, not have to go through each one and then decide which one is doing what job at what time and where and then have to decide between them it's just right now it's a lot of work to craft the attention and grabbing notifications that the system that you need personally it's too much work it's work but it's probably the most work well spent if you translate that into english um that's 
we don't spend enough time tuning our systems. We spend a lot of time poking around in other tools, looking for the one that will do it for us, that we, we can flip a switch and everything's all of a sudden taken care of. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, our, our voice assistants, we, we said, oh, okay, it'll take care of all. No, everybody has different structures and we have to spend our time refining these. And, and I'll use a really bizarre analogy that people who have listened to this before know I do a lot of woodworking. I've been actually learning and focusing on how to cut a piece of wood with a handsaw. Now you think this is probably the most basic thing on the planet, but refining that technique and tuning it to the point where I can actually cut a square piece has taken a huge amount of time. And that's time well spent because I know everything I do after that, I can trust that that part of the process is going to work well. And this is where, when we look at these notifications, we look at our calendars, we look at our task lists, this time has to be well spent to trust our systems rather than just having this false confidence of it promising it's going to work well. And I love that point that you just bring. How much time do we spend really learning the systems and really learning how to get the tools, you know, it doesn't matter which tool you pick, okay? And But the time, every hour that you spend really looking how Google Calendar works and how the notification works and the different kind of notifications that you can get work, it's really an hour that you are investing into much more productivity in the future. And we tend to look at that as not as productive time, I said, oh, I don't have time for that. No, 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 no. It's exactly the opposite. You cannot afford not to learn to use your tools really, really well if you really care about being productive. And what I found many times is people don't invest that time into learning those tools. You see people, doesn't matter, their Windows machines, their iPads, their mobile phones, and they know how to use two or three functions, but they have never spent the time trying to learn how to use the functions of the tools that you use every day. You know, when I tell people, yes, you can open notes on an iPhone, okay, and click, and instead of trying to type, hit the microphone button on the keyboard and dictate using uh Siri, or you can install other keyboards like Google Voice and then use Google Voice for that process, okay? Most people look at me like, no, you can't. Yes, you can, okay? And they don't use their mobile phone as a capture tool because the, the numbers maybe or their typing may not be something that they can do fast enough, but they could do the, the dictating perfectly fine. So why... They don't do that because they have never spent the time to research and to try to find those and to really make the tool. But the people I have teach to use that, now their capture has changed from day to night. And now they capture consistently. And now they know what to process. Even if the dictation is not always 100% perfect, Hey, it's 90%. You will get the idea and it's much better than trying to say, oh yeah, I will write that down when I get to my office. I'll say that for me as we close out the conversation that I really recommend to everyone that they look at all of the applications they have running on their either desktop you know, desktop systems or their mobile systems and identify the notifications that they're providing. Many times they're providing you with all kinds of notifications because applications have the intention of getting you to use them. So they want to push notifications to you on a regular basis to tell you to come and use their app and to become involved. And they want to push sales pitches and they want to be able to push other notifications to have you engage with them. The goal for you is to have as few notifications as possible and have those notifications effectively trigger you to do the things you need to do. And so if you have any of this over notification problem, then that's the first step. 
and then go to the tools that you really do need to be reminding you about the things you need to get done or the places you need to be and look at how your notification system works. I know that at least on on Android and iOS, you have very granular notification controls. So, you know, not just the ability to control where they display, whether that be in the drop-down menu, drop-down bar, the notification bar, or uh, prompting you. We now have chat bubbles on iOS and Android, so they can have these little chat bubbles that show up and show little uh, notification icons. So you can have as discrete or as overt application reminders and notifications present to you throughout your entire ecosystem. And so a little bit to what both Art and, and Agusa were saying, you know, you really need to know your systems. You need to really get in there and dig in and see what they're capable of. And then taking just a little bit of time, it doesn't take a lot of time. You can do this actually per application whenever it next reminds you. Just take that two or three minutes and say, okay, how does this remind me? And is this reminding me the way I need it to? And if it's not, Let's change it to the way in which it can remind me better and more effectively. And over time, you're going to get better and more reminders that really help you be more productive. And so with that, I just want to thank you, gentlemen, for the conversation. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, the conversation, of course, for us in the recording is over. We're coming to the end of our conversation, but uh, we don't have to end the discussion necessarily uh, with you all. So if you have a question or a comment, feel free to head over to productivitycast.net. If you go there to the episode page, you will find a comment or comment you know field where you can go ahead and leave your thoughts and questions. And we are happy to answer those and uh, engage with you. If you are also on that episode page, you will also find links to anything we discussed. And if we missed something, let me know. But uh, anything we've discussed should be linked there so you can easily jump to it. There is also text transcript. So there's a text transcript that's both embedded in the page. If you click the read more link, it'll expand and you can read along and listen. It's machine generated, but it should be good enough for you to be able to read along and understand what we're saying. And then uh, we also have a download link below that. So you can click on it and it'll download a PDF uh, document so that you can take it offline and read that uh, side by side. So uh, you can do all those things. If you need to uh, subscribe, if this is your first time you want to subscribe or follow the podcast, feel free to follow the instructions by clicking on the follow or subscribe link there on productivitycast.net. You'll find instructions there for that. And uh, thank you all for listening. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest to us, feel free to head over to productivitycast.net forward slash contact. You can leave us a voice recorded message. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I want to express my thanks to Augusta Pinaud, Francis Wade, and Art Gelwicks for joining me here on Productivity Cast each week. You can learn more about them and their work by visiting productivitycast.net and clicking on the about page. I'm Ray Sidney Smith on behalf of all of us here at Productivity Cast. Here's to your productive life. That's it for this Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity, with your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud, with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks.